Welcome to the Her Holistic Path podcast for women awakening to their spiritual journey, mothers looking to heal and live holistically, and all in between. This is where spirit and science collide to deepen, refine, and even challenge what it means to be a divine feminine being. Let's journey together. Peace and wholeness. This is episode number one, where we're going to be getting into how to become a doula. So it's the end of 2020. We're about to go into January. And I thought this would be a great place to start the new year slash in crazy ass 2020. (laughs) And the thing is, I get this question all the time. How do I become a doula slash What is my personal story? Like, how did me, Olivia, become a doula? And so today I'm going to lay it all out for y'all. Because to be quite honest, like, I just cannot respond to every single DM. Like, y'all ain't paying me (laughs) to respond to all these messages. And to be quite honest, I don't think that I would be able to even give everyone a good, well-thought-out, deep answer that's actually helpful to that question um so I think this is going to be much more clear concise and valuable to people who are asking me that so in today's episode I'm going to share with you my personal story to birth work and please keep in mind that my story to birth work is more than likely going to look way different than your story to becoming a doula or whatever you want to be. Then I'm going to get into what is the blueprint? How do you actually become a doula? And then we're going to end it off with some tips, you know, some advice, if I may, (laughs) for the new, the budding, the blooming doulas out there, whether you haven't started your path to birth work yet, or if you are just now planting your feet on this path, I got you. I'm going to give you the tea. Okay. So let's start off with how did I get to become a doula? In order to really get the full picture, I'm going to start with my personal birth story with Ozara, my trailblazer. Um, When I got pregnant with Ozara, I pretty much hired a midwife and that was it. I didn't read no books. I didn't I didn't really do anything to prepare myself. I watched a couple of birth videos of like people actually giving birth. Um, and I thought that was enough. I'm just like, I'm gonna do a natural. What what else do do I need to know? <laughs> really? I just felt like, okay, I'm gonna do it. And so I went into labor and I'm gonna give y'all the abbreviated version of this story. If you wanna hear a longer version. You're more than welcome to let me know and I'll give you the full version. But I went into labor and I didn't have the normal buildup of like early labor where the contractions are like 10 minutes apart, five minutes, four, three. No, there was no countdown. Okay. I literally went from, ooh, my back hurts a little bit to bam, like (laughs) two minutes apart contractions. And We sped down the road to the birth center. I get to my midwife. She checks me. And 
I'm like two centimeters. <laughs> so I'm like, what the fuck? Like, are you serious? Y'all said when I'm two minutes apart, I'm supposed to be, you know, further along. So we leave the birth center and, you know, I continue laboring and my contractions never really let up. It it didn't feel like they were that, you know, usual buildup like in a normal labor, I guess. It just felt like for the whole 17 hours that I was in labor, they were like three to four minutes apart, sometimes two minutes apart, hella strong, mostly in my back. And it was rough because I didn't have anything. I didn't have anything. And it's kind of, it kind of felt like you know, me, like me reaching my hand out, grasping for something to like pull myself up out of this pain. And there was nothing for me to grab on. Wasn't a rope, a ladder, nothing. So I spent those 17 hours um, on my hands and knees, rocking back and forth, crying, like laying down and trying to go to sleep, getting back on my hands and knees when the contraction hit. Um, at one point I did get in the shower and I really was just like doing this like tribal type of movement, like swaying side to side on my tippy toes and literally like leaning on my partner, my baby daddy, my hubby, and just trying to make it through. So we go back to the birth center because thankfully he had picked up on the fact that Things were getting more intense. And in my mind, I'm like, this whole <laughs> this whole process has been intense. I don't know what you're witnessing shifting, but it's just been intense. But thankfully, he picked up on the energy shifting and getting more intense. We went back to the birth center. He was spot on. I was, I want to say, eight centimeters when we went back to the birth center. And... Um, when she told me I was eight centimeters, when I got that dilation check, I, (laughs) I like, I praised and it was just one little like, thank you, Jesus. But it was probably the strongest thank you, Jesus, that I've ever spoken in my life. Like it came from the, it it came from my loins, literally. (laughs) So we go to the birth center and within maybe like an hour, hour and a half, she's born. Um, and I have to tell that story because the days after my birth, I remember thinking to myself, like, I thought my midwife was going to do more. And in hindsight, I thought my midwife was going to be doulaing me. And I had no concept of what a doula was. I just assumed that my midwife was going to be the one rubbing my back and suggesting different positions and this, that, and the third. And the reality was I spent most of my labor outside of the birth center. And by the time I got to my midwife, it wasn't really nothing much else for her to do. We were just really waiting for the final push. Um, and so fast forward a year from when my first daughter was born, boom, pregnant with my second baby. And as the first trimester nausea began to subside, 
I could not stop telling myself, like, we got to find a different way (laughs) because I'm not going through another 17 hours of agony. I ain't doing it. Nope. It's got to be. I just knew it was an inner knowing that labor and birth did not have to be that difficult and mainly that I didn't have to suffer. Like, yeah, it might be hard. But I should not have to like literally suffer in agony for 17 hours. It it just wasn't something I was willing to accept. So I had positioned my thinking in that way. And I began to accumulate blogs and articles and research studies and podcast episodes. And I was just inundating myself with all of this information about natural birth. And I was so happy to finally kind of figure out like, oh, like there is so much out there that you can do before you go into labor and when you're in labor to make it a much more peaceful, positive process. So that felt really good. That felt really amazing. Um, Somewhere in the time around Mother's Day, I stumbled across an event that was happening um, in my area or close to my area in D.C. at a nonprofit organization called Mama Toto Village. And I just started kind of clicking around their website and I seen, oh, okay, they have doulas. Oh, okay, they have doula trainings and, you know, they're birth workers. And I pretty much looked at the website and was like, I'm doing it. (laughs) I remember I called the lady up and I was just like, so excited like this is what I want to do and like she was telling me about the training and so at six months pregnant I thought the worst that can happen is that I sign up for this training I get a whole lot of birth information and it helps me through my own birth experience and maybe I don't become a doula but I really just have an amazing birth that's that's really the worst case scenario best case scenario I take the training I love it I become a birth worker boom. So obviously that's what happened. I took the training and I do have to say, um, you know, I was with all types of different women on different walks of life. And we all had different experiences in that training. For me, I loved it. It was the best three months I've had in a long time. (laughs) It was beautiful. And to experience it while I was pregnant, it was really amazing for me. Um, It was also great because the organization was ran by all Black women and mothers. And my training was all Black and women of color. So it just felt so warm. It felt so homey. It felt so spot on as far as the education and the training. Um, And if you're a black person, you know the difference between being the one of a few black people in the room versus walking in and it's all black people And the curriculum was created by black people. And it's very, um, what's the word? You can tell they made the curriculum with the black experience in mind. It just hits different. It hits different. So it was really good for me. It was three months long. It was intense. (laughs) Okay. And something that I want to say for the people who may be listening to this, who are 
in the D.C. area or who are in Maryland, if you decide to check out Mama Toto Village, when I was there, they made it clear to us that we weren't training to be doulas. We were training to be perinatal community health workers. And so that is a lot different and in a lot of ways more intense. And so kind of comparing my training to a doula training is a lot different because, for example, we were trained to deal with things like smoking cessation, uh, food insecurity, domestic violence, um, substance abuse, um, housing insecurity. So there's kind of like a social worker aspect to it and all very valuable tools to have as a doula. Um, but generally speaking, these are not the types of things that you learn at an average doula training. So I want to make that clear for those of y'all who may be in the area and check out Mama Toto Village. As far as what I know, when I was there, it was more of a community health worker. And of course, you can act in the role of a doula because you would really be overqualified to be a doula. Um but you'd also be able to be a community health worker. Okay, blah, 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 whatever. <laughs> so I did my training. I also um, did a little bit of work study. And pretty much by the time the training was ending, because I started at six months, it was three months long, I was about to give birth. And so I had acquired this huge base of knowledge about um, some things that we went over personally were like spitting babies, stages of labor, hormones, um, complications. We talked about the history of midwifery and kind of the history of birth in general in the United States. Um, we talked about oh, so much, like I said, the kind of the social worker aspect. And then we did a lot of emotional work. Like every time that we met, we were being asked to kind of Mm, kind of peel back the layers of ourselves and begin to explore ourselves as women and birth workers, which is really powerful, really powerful. And it helped us to build bonds. There are people from my training that I still like talk to, that I still go and see. So I love that about my particular training. So that's it, y'all. That's how she, the girl got the, the doula certification. <laughs> that's how I did it. Some of the things also that I forgot to add is that we did a whole entire module. So a whole weekend of lactation education, which made us like, quote unquote, lactation coaches. Um, and we also got into, hmm, I forgot what I was about to say. We got into a lot. Oh, yes. We got into a lot about understanding how the hospital works, like um, terminology, understanding different acronyms and different terms that you're going to hear in the hospital, understanding like the cascade of interventions. So the training was A1. For me, it was a lot there that was very needed, very valuable. So there is my story on how I became a doula, a birth worker. And so now I kind of want to get into, for those of you who haven't quite started your journey, how do you become a doula? Of course, listening to my story, it can 
you can gather that is pretty straightforward. You kind of find a training, you go to a training and that's pretty much it. Something to really keep in mind is that as of right now, December 2020, doulas are not federally or medically or whateverly uh, regulated by any particular organizing body, which means like if you wake up tomorrow and say you're a doula, like nobody's going to be like, no, you're not like, well, people will be. But you get what I'm saying. There's there's no um, official organization that is saying like you're an official doula by law, like by state or whatever. So keep that in mind. Don't, you know, be too like stressed out. Like, how do I do it? Because you pretty much just pick a training. So, (laughs) and then the other option, of course, is self-study. I think is a totally valid option if you want to read a bunch of books, do research, um, mentor, find a mentor, and then shadow. That's a totally valid option if you don't want to shell out, you know, like $1,000 or however much these doula trainings be charging now. So, I just want to put that in there. But... A little bit later, we're going to talk about how to kind of find a good training or how to pick a good training. But before we get into that, a good question to ask yourself is, do you really want to be a doula? (laughs) Like, are you sure? Is this work conducive to your life? You know? And what I've come to realize is that Many, many women are called to birth work. They're not necessarily being called to attend births. I'm going to say that again for the people in the back. You might be called to work with women, to walk with women who are going through fertility, uh, their fertility journey, their pregnancy journey, their birth journey, their postpartum journey. That doesn't mean you have to be present there at the birth. So this kind of gets into the realm of different types of doulas. And so a few kind of different titles, I guess we could run through real quick would be uh, fertility doula, abortion doula, uh, birth doula, postpartum doula, bereavement doula, and then full spectrum doula. And even within that, a lot of those doulas are like in the mix. Like I'm coming to your house. We're having meetings. I'm coming to be face to face with you. And I just think it's worth considering that if you are the type of person who got attracted to birth work right after having a baby and you're like how I was like my birth experience proved to me how valuable doula work is. And now I want to go do it. Just consider that like, it's a lot. It's a lot. It's a whole lot to build a relationship with a woman. Because like right now, I'm going to just kind of break down what it actually looks like to be a doula. Because I think right now we have kind of this um, rose colored glasses thing going on. Like... 
people, the doula thing is beginning to be trendy. And I don't think people really understand how much work it is. They just see people attending births or talking about births. And they're like, yes, I love that, that they're drawn to it. But let me let me <laughs> break it down for you as, in terms of work. Okay, so first we have attracting your client. And for people who are just kind of like doing doula work kind of as a hobby, a side hustle, there are people who don't really spend a lot of time on like marketing and attracting their clients. They're just like, you know, whoever comes to me, I take and word of mouth and all of that. And that can really grow. Um, But for people who are like, Starting the journey off knowing that this is what they want to do as a business, as a career, there is a level of like, okay, I have to spend time networking, marketing, like getting my name out there because I'm new and nobody knows me. So there's energy there. And then you get the client. You do the interview. You talk to them. Um, they're on board with it. And so... You go and you have a meeting with them. And these meetings can be very long. <laughs> and um, depending on who you're working with, it can take a lot, of, lot out of you. Because for so many women, you're starting from ground zero. You're starting with people who don't know that much about birth. And then what they do know is highly um, inaccurate. And it's coming from the medical industrial complex ideology. So not only are you teaching, but you have to spend a fair amount of time unteaching, right? And so that process of sitting someone down, hearing what they think about birth and realizing that there's some unlearning that has to occur, that is a lot of work. And then I do like, pretty pretty standard like two prenatal visits so then you go in for another prenatal visit and a lot of times I tell people whoever's going to be at the birth go ahead and bring them to the second prenatal visit so we can get to know each other so then you talking to mama and then you talking to partner if there's a partner there and then you got to answer all the questions from their best friend their auntie (laughs) their grandma So again, energy is going there and then you're on call. And the thing about being on call is that it's okay. How do I say this? Even on the times, even on the days that you don't actually get the call to go to a birth, you're still energetically like on edge. So you're still kind of like constantly like checking the phone, like freaking out if your phone percentage battery is getting low, like always just on like waiting And that energy of like being on the edge of something and waiting like, oh, not yet. Oh, is it now? Is it today? Maybe. No, that type of energy. Like it's also like. It takes something out of you. Like it's fun, but it's also tiring. Um, And then you get the call to go to the actual birth and it's three o'clock in the morning and you're like (laughs) half asleep driving 30 minutes down the road to somebody's house and you're at a birth for 24 hours plus. And then 
you know, you got to go home and do life and follow up. So it's a lot. And if you have a newborn, that's going to be tough. If you just have children in general, unless they're grown and taking care of themselves, uh, that's going to be challenging. So it's worth taking stock and just seeing like, can I do this? Maybe I should only really attend like one birth every couple of months. Maybe I shouldn't like fully commit to this being a career choice, a career change. Um, so yeah, do you really want to be a doula? And also understanding, this is something that I wasn't even planning to speak on, but I'm going to say it. Being a doula is... It's one of those positions where you are kind of at the bottom of the rung. And what I mean by that is basically, if you go to a hospital birth, there's going to be the OB, the head nurse, the nurse that's actually in the room with you, and then you. And... What you'll begin to realize as a doula is that you're always kind of doing this like uphill battle of like fighting the very oppressive medical system, fighting the medical ideology itself, like within your clients, you're going to have to like, it's an uphill battle to like help people unlearn things. So you'll realize there's this constant like kind of pushing up against something. And that something is just basically like hundreds of years of doctors basically like messing with birth and us having to take on the responsibility of fixing this big mess. And yeah, do you really want to do that? And I know that there are doulas out there that don't operate like that. There are doulas out there who are like, whatever the doctor says goes. I'm not about to argue with them. If they say she getting X, Y, and Z, then she's getting X, Y, and Z. And that's not who I am. That's not the type of doula that I really can be, like, in my nature. Um. So, yeah, just, <laughs> I'm going to leave it at that. I don't want to go too deep into the rabbit hole. That may be a good episode number two, part two of this conversation. So, let's get into... How do you pick a good training? Because this is really worth talking about. I can honestly do a whole episode on this stuff. But see, this is why I don't be answering all the DMs because it's so much to unpack. Okay, you have to unzip the suitcase. So picking a training is important because picking the right training is important because your training is really going to shape your outlook on birth. And it's going to shape your outlook on your role in the birth process and supporting the birth process. So, let's talk about the three C's, okay? Write this down. <laughs> For my, my serious folks, I got a little... This is not an acronym, but whatever. The first C is culture. 
Does the culture of the training match the culture of the people that you are going to be serving and or your own culture? Because birth is a process that delves us into the subconscious. And when you go into the subconscious, what you find there is a lot of stories emanating from the culture that you live in. So for example, as women, most of us grew up watching like princess movies and stuff like that. So in our subconscious, there are stories that have come from our culture, culture of watching TV, culture of watching cartoons, culture of watching uh, princess movies, right? So there are stories in our subconscious that come directly from our culture that inform us about ourselves. Prettiness is X, Y, Z. In order to get a man, you have to do X, Y, and Z, right? So that's coming from the culture. So it's important because when you're walking with someone through their birthing process, you got to be mindful of that subconscious and what's there and being able to delve into that subconscious during your prenatal visits, getting into what are your beliefs about birth? What are your fears about birth? uh, What are you committed to? Like, what are the stories that you're committed to about birth? Are you committed to the idea that birth has to be painful because culturally you've learned that? Are you committed to the idea that uh, your husband has to be at your birth because culturally like that's what we do? So what I'm getting at is if you plan on, like if you know in your community, there's a certain type of people that you want to work with, that's the type of people that should be training you. Idealistically. (laughs) And I'm mostly speaking like, This is really for the black folks. Like, it's going to hit different if you have a black trainer who can inform you about the black birth experience, which can be a lot of times really different than birthing as a white woman in a white body. Okay, so culture. The next C is cost. How much do it cost (laughs) to train Um, and keep in mind what's, you know, like in your budget? Is there work study? Is there scholarships? Um, And take the time to look because you'll be surprised at how many people are offering scholarships and work studies, um, reduce like prices, sliding scales and things of that nature. So you don't have to break the bank to take a doula training. Please don't break your bank. And then the last C is continued support. So after the training is done, what does it look like for you to be able to stay in contact with people that you trained with? Like, was the training in person? Can you actually go and hang out with those people and talk to them and build friendships and relationships with those people from your training? Can you... um have support is there any type of system even that's set up for like okay and you know the month after the three months after the six months month after we're gonna do a check-in or whatever that's really huge 
Because when you throw yourself out into the birth world, you're going to at some point need a life raft. <laughs> Whether that be a backup doula, somebody to talk to, somebody to cry with, somebody ask a question. So definitely take note of what does it look like once the training is over? So those are the three C's. But I'm going to add a little bit more. Okay, so... Is it a quality training? <laughs> so I guess we can say CCCQ. Is it a quality training? And what I mean by that is, uh, is it going deep? Because I'm going to try not to be shady, but it's going to sound shady. So I'm just sorry in advance. Um, spending a weekend, like learning about like the stages of labor and how to do like a double hip squeeze and a couple essential oils. Like that's not enough. And I know that there are really good, really good like weekend trainings out there. But in my opinion, it takes a while to cover all of the bases of understanding birth. Because you have to understand the body, right? So you, you need to understand like the pelvis, the hormones, different positions, that kind of thing. And this is both for labor and for pregnancy. And then you have to understand the mind, which kind of goes back to like the cultural stuff, the subconscious stuff, how fear works, how all of these hormones interact with our conscious awareness and how we perceive reality um and then learning right like just accumulating knowledge and then you have to gather the understandings of the spirit when it comes to birth like what and it's not like one blanket answer but what does it mean to you to birth a baby? What does it mean to you spiritually to be in labor? And things of that nature. And going through all of that, like, it takes a while. So, you know, making sure that the training is going deep. It's not just like this surface level of hand-holding and rubbing the back and saying affirmations. Because it's more than that. It's very deep energetic work. And so for people who are looking for a training who, you know, don't want to go to the place that I went to train, I really highly recommend that you get in contact with someone who is in your area, who is a birth worker, who's a doula, and, you know, kind of say, hey, can can we chat? Can I ask you a few questions? Maybe, well, you know, pre-pandemic, we would say maybe take you out for a little... <laughs> I don't know, appetizer somewhere, a coffee or something. But, you know, get in touch with people in your area who can give you advice and let you know like, hey, you know, that training is not so good, but this one is really great, you know, and just tap in. Okay, so there's my story. There is how to become a doula. Let's move on, if I may, to the advice <laughs> that I have. So first, I want to start off with a few things to think about when it comes to setting up your business logistically. 
like becoming a doula logistic wise. Okay, so let's just, whew, I'm rolling up my sleeves, bust out, you know, get the pen, get the paper, bust it out. It's time to take some notes because I'm going to go through this fairly quickly. Probably not because I'd be rambling, but I'm going to try. So number one, you have to set up your business. Like <laughs> you have to decide if you're doing a nonprofit, a sole proprietorship, um, if you're going to have a partner or be solo. So just figuring out, okay, how am I setting up my business? Like, am I going to work with people or not? Um, you know, some doulas are really adamant about getting like a business uh, not a business license, but like, what is it called? A EI? I don't know the number thing. <laughs> Tap into the Facebook groups, okay? Because, yeah. Second thing, figure out if you want to work for yourself or work for an agency. And I was hesitant to put this on the list, but I think it's important because it's already a lot to learn to become a doula. It's already nerve wracking to be like driving to your first birth and like fumbling around trying to figure out your flow just as a birth worker. And then to add on business stuff on top of that, that's a lot. So it's okay to be like, I'm just going to work for an agency. And while you work there, you know, ask them questions. Hey, how do you set this up? How do you do that? What kind of business do you have? What kind of legal stuff? You know, hopefully you have a good relationship and they'll be able to give you some guidance on that. But working for an agency is nice because essentially what they do is they hire you. Most of them hire you as an independent contractor. And then they just give you the, the people that want a doula. Like, hey, this person's looking for a doula. We're going to match you up. You know, and of course they take money off of the top to run the business and pay themselves. But then you don't have to do a lot of work. You don't have to do the admin stuff. You don't have to do all of that, like marketing stuff, the business stuff, the taxes stuff. You know, you're pretty much like you have a job. So that can be nice. You can learn a lot. Um, and then you'll kind of have a built in support system, hopefully. Next thing is number three, if you are working for yourself, set up your packages and your pricing and do this straight away. Because like I said earlier, doulas are trending now. And so a lot of people are looking for doulas more than usual. So when you meet that person who's like, yeah, yeah, send me more information. Boom. You want to be ready. You want to be ready. And like, okay. And I'm kind of bad at this, but all right, within an hour or 24 hours, you're sending them the email. Here's my packages. Here's how much it costs. And get clear on what exactly is in your packages. And that could look like really simple. Like, okay, I do two pre prenatal visits and 24-7 uh, tech support and on-call birth support. Boom, that's it. Some people add other stuff. Like if you know how to do a uh, prenatal massage, you can add that in. If you know how to do Reiki, you can add that in. And really get creative um, so that you can stand out. We're going to get into that later about, you know, really creating and finding your niche. So next 
is support, no, not support, secure a backup doula. So I cannot uh, harp on this enough. You need a, you need a backup doula. You do. Even if you're 1000% sure that you're not going to use them, you need one. Because you just never know. And it's better to have that peace of mind that, okay, if something crazy happens and you end up not being able to make it to a birth, you can send someone and your client isn't left hanging. Okay, we're almost done. Create a website and get clear on your branding. I can't tell y'all. Ooh, (laughs) I can't tell you how many Instagram pages uh, websites, Facebook pages that I see of birth workers. And it's just like, what am I looking at right now? I don't know. The branding will be very like unclear. Um, even down to just like using the same font and colors and like, and I am a serial like, uh, rebrander. <laughs> so I don't got that much room to talk, but at least when I rebrand, I stick to that for a little bit, but just have clear messaging, clear branding um, so that when people come to your social media or when people come to your website, it's like, okay, this is what this person does. This is how they do it. This is how I, you know, tap in and get connected. And like I said, I'm still working on this, um, but it's just something to be aware of. Also, side note, I will be offering consultations for people who are looking to build their brand as birth workers. So tap in. And then the last thing I have is create a solid contract. This is another thing that's really important. If you get that person on the street who's like, you've been chopping it up with them about birth for, you know, maybe 30 minutes or something. And they're like, you know what? I want to do it. You want to be able to hit them up the next day. Like, all right, boom, here's my packages. Here's my prices. Here's my contract. What you going to (laughs) do, you know? And making sure that your contract makes sense. Like it needs to have certain things in it. Like what happens if you can't make it to a birth? Do they get a refund? Do they get a backup doula? Um, What happens if they don't contact you, right? What happens if it's a precipitous labor and you aren't able to make it to the birth? So making sure you have those contracts ready on file. These are just some logistical things you want to keep in mind. Woo. Okay. So I have actually a whole nother section of advice. And this advice is... um, Less businessy and more mm, personal. I don't really know what to name it, but let's go. So advice part two. (laughs) And this is the biggest, it's so big. I really need you to hear me when I say this. Do not think of yourself as the magic wand for anybody's birth. I'm going to say it again. Don't think of yourself as the cure-all, the magic wand, the fairy godmother of birth because it's really easy for birth workers to come in and try to be the hero. 
because you see all of the inaccuracies, injustices, lack of evidence within the medical community when it comes to birth. And so you really want to come in like, dun, 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 super doula, like <laughs> I'm here to advocate for you. I'm here to give you certain positions. I'm here to suggest different, you know, it's like, yeah, you are going to be really, really helpful. And nine times out of 10, when I walk out of a birth, the mom is always like, I could not have done that without you. But the truth is, there are so many different realities and timelines and dimensions that you probably could have done it without me, <laughs> right? I am not the one key that you need to unlock the door of your particular birth. And understanding that, yes, you're valuable, but at the end of the day, you're not going to be able to fix everything. And I say this because sometimes you get on this doula high where so many women have like given you accolades about how great you were and how helpful you were. And then it happens. You go to the birth and it, it goes to shit and everything falls apart. And you're like, what happened? And you feel guilty and you think it's your fault. And it's like, no, the truth is you can only do so much as a doula. And you're not the magic wand. Women who are pregnant still have to do the work. They can hire a doula all day long. If they're not doing the work, the spiritual work, the shadow work, the physical work, <laughs> that their body and soul is asking for to prepare themselves, then that will be apparent. You know, if they haven't done the work to even educate themselves and take you seriously and look at the things that you send them and unlearn, they may find themselves in a position, you know, in birth in a moment where it's like, damn, you know, I don't, I don't know what to do. I didn't really research this. I didn't really prepare myself for this. And I'm not saying that to place blame on mothers because at the end of the day, I don't really want to place blame on anybody. I just want to like accept where we are and, and see it for what it is. If I had to blame any anybody though, it would definitely be the medical community for fucking shit up. <laughs> so I want to make that crystal clear. This is not about blaming mothers like you didn't work hard enough. You didn't do enough work. Like you didn't say enough affirmations. You didn't drink enough raspberry leaf tea. No, that's not what I'm saying. But at the same time, um, there are people who they have help in their corner and they don't um, utilize that help, which is you. So hmm, it's a lot there, but. Just be careful that you're not going in as the superhero of the birth and know that that's her birth. You can do all that you can do at the end of the day. That's her birth. And whatever she went through, that was for her to go through. So, yeah. All right. I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven more bullet points of advice but right now, I want to say thank you for those who have been listening thus far and let you all know that you can tap into the rest of this advice on my Patreon. Mm -hmm. That's right. Girls monetizing. It's 2020. 
It's time for equal energy exchange. I've been teaching so much on Instagram for the past three years. And spirit was just pushing me to take better care of myself, (laughs) which means not draining all of my energy um, by doing volunteer work and teaching for free. So I hope you enjoyed the first however many minutes of this podcast. And if you would like to join me for the rest of my insights and advice on becoming a doula and being a doula, feel free to click the link to my Patreon, patreon.com slash her holistic path. And you can listen to this full episode. But if this is where you're listening and I thank you so much for joining me and feel free to let me know what you thought of this episode. Leave me a review and come back and listen to the. Thanks for listening to the first half of the Her Holistic Path podcast. If you'd like to hear the full episode, you can meet me over at patreon.com slash herholisticpath. Your support helps me to further my reach in my community and truly make a difference in birth. But if your listening does stop here, thanks for stopping by and feel free to share this episode, rate, review, and of course, subscribe. Wishing you love, abundance, and alignment on your journey. Peace.